Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. Today we have an awfully special treat, as we have our very first true tea guest. I know I've had my kids on the show, but today we actually have a real tea professional. Her name is Diana Rosen, and she has written the book on chai. Welcome to the show, Diana. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your experiences in writing the book. What prompted you to uh, explore this book on chai? Now, it was 10 years ago that you wrote this book, and I think it's interesting that the topic is still sort of as fresh as ever. It is as fresh as ever, and it was uh, fairly hot back then, no pun intended. <laughs> and I actually got a request from my publisher, and they had received requests some readers that they were interested in this, and they knew my other books on tea, so they thought, let's give this a go. And so you you mentioned your other books on tea. Can you tell us what some of those others are? Uh, yes. Uh, there's The Book of Green Tea, and there's Cooking with Tea with Robert Wemishner, and my latest book is called Meditations with Tea. And in it, I give uh, suggestions for meditations and uh, a cup of tea to match each one. Oh, that's awesome. I, we are headed uh, in some future shows in talking about tea and meditation and as part of like a larger spiritual practice. And uh, perhaps we'll have you on then again. And we'll do some. That'll be, that'll be fun. This week, we are staying with the topic of chai. Now, last week, I covered what chai was and even how our listeners could make an excellent cup of chai at home. So hopefully some of them did that and they got a good recipe and they got a good cup out of it. What we haven't covered, though, is the history of chai and some of the health benefits. And I wanted to spend some time talking about that. So you have in your book a little history of chai. Can we go over that? Uh, sure. Um uh, I've been fortunate enough to go to India twice, and one of those visits included uh, the state of Kerala, which could definitely be called the spice capital of the Western world. And if Columbus had discovered it on his original voyage, I might be talking to you from Kerala. <laughs> uh, I think that, in all truth, spices in chai were originally used just as spices were for food, and that is to cover up a myriad of things that were not so good. Bad tasting food or foul smelling this or that, but uh, in doing so, people discovered a wonderful complexity of flavor with different spices, and also there is trace elements of uh, nutrition in some of these spices. So it's a very good thing to have, especially the use of pepper and some of the uh, more pungent spices give people a feeling of warmth so that it is not only a comfort, but in cool weather, and I'm thinking about all our listeners who might be battling the snow this week, uh, a cup of chai can really warm the psyche as well as the body. No question, and we actually referred to that last week. I referred to chai as pumpkin pie in a cup. If somebody would say, well, can you describe what chai tastes like? And that's kind of what I referred to. And, you know, aptly so, given the fact that we're kind of in the midst of pumpkin pie season, if you will. And it's, it's getting cold out there, and it's sort of a stick-to-your-ribs tea as compared to some of the other varieties that are available. Now, you alluded to a certain degree 
about some of the health benefits of chai. Has there been any truly cited? I know that some people think that some of the original spice blends may actually have been Ayurvedic in origin. That's correct. That's correct. Especially cinnamon, which is very healthy for the heart. And the other flavorings like vanilla or pepper, uh, those are really more flavoring than health-giving, but certainly clove is a healthful spice that fights against inflammation and infection. I think a lot of people know that if you have a toothache and no medicine available to bite on a clove absolutely helps to take the pain away. And I think what's even more important is the combination. In India, they refer to this as gaba masala. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm -hmm. And they use a combination of spices in both cooking and in the preparation of chai. And I think it's this combination, rather than the spices each by themselves, that has the greatest benefit. Absolutely. And we did speak again last week also about the word masala being the Indian term for spice blend. And within Ayurvedic medicine, which is the ancient form of Indian medicine, there are a lot of masala spice blends that are used to treat a variety of ailments. And I think you're right that chai does have that, and it's really beneficial. And oftentimes, we've talked about this before, you and I, uh, chai is maybe one of the few things that people, even the poorest of the poor in India, get to experience and savor. And for them, it's like a form of daily elixir, a little tonic medicine that kind of keeps them going because they don't always get access to the best health care, to the best food, and to the best that the world has to offer. Right. I think going along with that, also, some sort of uh, milk product that's added to many chives is also a benefit. And I think for the best flavor, it's always a good idea to either have a condensed milk or a whole fat milk because fat is the carrier of flavor. And I think that they, the fat in these two kinds of milk enhance and accent the combination of spices. I've experimented with non-fat milk and skim milk, the 1 and 2% that we have here, and it's just not the same. The spices don't seem to be as pronounced and as flavorful. So I think that's an important factor. And so long as you don't drink 20 cups a day, <laughs> what's one cup with the whole milk? In fact, I can't, I can't thank you enough for saying it. We didn't have a pre-conversation prior to us uh, being on this show. We're doing this totally ad hoc. Last week, I did say when I gave everybody a recipe to make chai at home, I implored them, use the full fat. Enjoy it. It will make all the difference in the world. And I'm so happy you reiterated that point for us. When we come back, we are going to continue our conversation with Diana, and we're going to probably get into some of her experiences about chai, some of her personal experiences, and uh, maybe we even talk about uh, chai in some foods. So stay with us here on Steeping Around. We will be right back. Here's a challenge. Go to your cupboard, dig out a tea bag, cut the top off of it, and pour its contents onto your kitchen table. What do you see? Anything more than dust? 
You're generally looking at the bottom of the barrel tea leaves, the crumbs that fall from the thick, whole, beautiful leaves that the Maya Tea Company uses. Did you know that you can greatly improve the quality of your tea by switching to whole leaf tea without spending one extra dime? Each pound of Maya Tea Company's decadent loose leaf teas brews about 150 individual cups of tea, and you have an extensive variety of types and flavors to choose from. Would you like a green or a black tea? And how about flavored with raspberry or vanilla? The possibilities are endless with the Maya Tea Company. Plus, you can save an extra 15% on your purchases by typing the word STEEP into the coupon code at checkout. See for yourself at www.mayatea.com. That's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com and enter the word STEEP. We're back here at Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are going to continue our conversation with Diana Rosen, who wrote the book on chai tea. Uh, Diana, give us the title of your book. The full title is Chai, Spice Tea of India. The Spice Tea of India, indeed. Do you have a, a favorite story or some particular experiences that you've had with chai that you are fond of or that, as you recollect, give you that warm feeling in your, in, your, in your belly a little bit? Well, I went to a monastery in Sikkim. It was a very simple place, and I had the best cup of chai I ever had. It was in the morning. They served us eggs from the bed, literally just taken from the coop of the chickens. And they gave us a little toast and a perfect cup of chai. And I don't know whether it was because I was 6,000 feet up <laughs> in the mountain, whether <clears throat> it was this appreciation of the combination of a simple life and simple people and a perfect environment to enjoy this, or just that they made everything that they prepared for us with that kind of attention that is so rare these days. But for me, that was my perfect chai moment. Yeah, you know, from, me, from my perspective, being from India, I have two because I grew up with chai at home. And so I have, like, two versions of the story. I have one from when I was in India, and, you know, we're serving chai everywhere you go. Everybody has it. And I remember having to take a trip. I'd say having to take a trip because I was young at the time and probably about 13, 14, and having to go up into the hill country for a trip. And it was cold, and it was monsoon season, and I got sopping wet and just very uncomfortable. And I remember the roadside chaiwala and thinking, oh, and it was such a delightful experience just because it warmed me and it just soothed what I was going through, being wet and cold in the high mountain country and muddy in the monsoons. And it was such a relief. And sometimes so much of it... Is just in context of the place. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that you find everywhere in uh, India is these little stalls. And it seems to be that they are positioned exactly when you can't go any further, and there they are. And no matter what the tea is, whether it is a masala chai or a cup of darjeeling up in the hills, it just is perfect. And it can't be more fresh. That's right. 
Yeah, India really is a tea-powered country, no question about it. Now, do you use chai in your cooking, or do you ever consult with people about how to incorporate chai into other things besides just the tea? Uh, I love uh, chai in an ice cream, and for the same reasons that I gave that milk is good in chai, ice cream is just perfect food for that spicy quality combination of spices. And I've made prawns with chai, and that adds a whole other dimension. Either you're having a savory song with maybe cheese and chili, or you're having a sweet one with sugar. And somehow this combination of sweet and spicy is just a wonderful twist on this classic uh, food for an afternoon tea table. And then uh, not so much using chai, but certainly the combination of its spices and ground up tea for a braise for meat or pork. You betcha. And just sort of uh, extemporize. You don't really need a recipe. Just just grind up some black tea and put in the spices and, and mix them thoroughly and use it as a uh, braising liquid or as a rub. It's delicious. Now, do you imbibe? Of course. <laughs> I know. I've, I've often made mention of the fact that most of us who are in the tea industry are also uh, uh, classic classic savorers of alcohol as well, beverage connoisseurs, if you will. Do you ever... We share the same vocabulary, and I think that this is a, a good segue to mention that people who are wine connoisseurs or who appreciate wine food already have the vocabulary of tasting. And so when we introduce vocabulary or back-of-the-mouth feel or how something is a combination of fragrance and taste at the same time, these, these people who are experienced in food and beverage tasting get it. They understand what we are uh, so excited about in tea. Absolutely. And do you ever use chai in any of your alcoholic beverages? No. no. Yeah. I haven't. You're going to tell me something. I am. I am. I tell you, we use, I have used, instead of um, uh, the condensed milk, if you take your chai, the tea, and all the spices, and add a little Baileys, uh -huh. just like you would make an Irish coffee, very nice, got a great bite, especially the chais that I make, because they're particularly spicy, being from India. Also, you can take just the regular chai, even with the milk added, and throw in a good shot of brandy or cognac. Cognac's a little strong, but brandy a little softer. Even a good whiskey, just a plain whiskey. It doesn't have to be a fancy whiskey because the chai is going to take it all out. But that extra warmth that you get along with those spices. Oh, talk about a great hot toddy in the mid-evening. That may replace the eggnog. <laughs> it is. And actually, chai has kind of an eggnog flavor with a nutmeg. It's You know, they are slightly subtle forms of the same. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we are going to continue our conversation with Diana Rosen. We're going to talk about the perfect cup of chai and maybe uh, talk about some of the ways that you can find chai available on the marketplace, what our favorites are, and then talk about some of her books as well. So stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. had such a tough time waking up in the morning, but coffee is so hard on my stomach. I need a good alternative. 
How about tea? It's not just an alternative to coffee, it's a solution. Many tea varieties offer a lift without the negative side effects associated with coffee. You mean no more sour stomach? That's right. Say goodbye to that teeth-grinding, nerve-shaking, dehydrating habit. But isn't tea really bitter? No, not when you've got good tea. There are hundreds of varieties to choose from, and each offers its own unique flavor, from the light and silky to the bold and toasty. Plus, the Maya Tea Company blends many teas with subtle, tantalizing flavors like vanilla, raspberry, and almond. The possibilities are endless. That sounds too good to be true. These great teas must be very expensive. At mayatea.com, you can select the amount of tea you want, and their prices are incredible. Plus, you can save an extra 15%. Just enter STEEP into the coupon code. STEEP? Yeah, STEEP, as in steeping around. Just go to www.mayatea.com, that's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com, and enter STEEP into the coupon code. Thanks. I'm switching to tea today. We're back here at Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are speaking with Dinah Rosen about chai. We've been talking about chai for a couple of weeks here, and we want to talk about the perfect cup of chai. Dinah, can you describe to us what the perfect cup of chai for you is? I think there's no one cup. Mm. I think a lot has to do with the moment, uh, what your need for it is, and that kind of adds to the satisfaction or dissatisfaction. We talked earlier about how being cold and rainy and getting a cup of chai will always be very satisfying because it's so nurturing and it meets that need to stave off the chill that you have. But I think also, and I, I do hope your listeners will make this part of all their tea rituals, and that is to make every cup the perfect cup by paying attention to the ingredients that you put into it and the water, critical to good tasting cup of chai. Do this to yourself and make it a pleasure. So I, I would say that when all those elements are put together, good quality ingredients, attention, that is a perfect cup. It's so great that you spoke about water quality because I'm always harping on that. I'm, I'm always emphasizing good water makes good tea. That's the fastest way not to have a good cup of tea is the, a lack of attention to the quality of the water. So I, I appreciate the fact that you emphasize that point as well. See, it's not just me, folks. It's not just me. Everybody who's in the tea business will tell you water is life for tea people. Now... Well, I want to talk about, first, those people out there who are not going to make their own cup of chai, and I certainly hope they will, but if they were looking for chai from other sources, what are the different types of chai that are available on the market? We don't have to mention brands, but more of the, the way that they're available. And let's get into some of the advantages and disadvantages of both. Now, I'm going to say this, and we'll see what your response is. Of course, there are chais available on the market that are instant powders. Now, I'm not a fan of instant powdered chai because they're made with partially hydrogenated soybean oil and other things. And I don't, I don't know how you feel about that. I think they are enormously convenient. 
Yes. It should be easier. Pour in a bunch of hot water, stir it up, and you've got it. Isn't that the ultimate in American marketing for food? And so if speed and convenience are the hallmarks for your purchasing pleasure, go ahead. However, if you are even remotely interested in flavor, if you are even just a little bit interested in quality, dump that stuff and try something else. And I'm not going to disparage, concentrate, instant, all these things that are very convenient because I think of them as Segway products, the kind of product that can introduce somebody into the concept of a masala chai. And then they say, oh, that has a little something interesting. That's a little different, all those spicy. Let me try something else. And hopefully, the next purchase will be chai with spices in a tea bag. And then maybe after that, they'll go really wild <laughs> choose a loose leaf tea with spices. And then, if you and I live long enough, they will buy their favorite black tea, the rooibos, or any other kinds of tea, and put the spices in themselves. Well, I do agree with you about the high fructose corn syrups and the hydrogenated oils, which have absolutely no benefit to anybody as far as I'm concerned. I still think it's a good way to get somebody into the door of that wonderful world of masala chai. I do agree that they are enormously convenient. And certainly, as, as a segue point, you know, we know that a lot of coffee shops use those, and they do introduce chai to so many people who otherwise wouldn't get them, wouldn't have access to them. So I do agree with you. And I can't even disparage concentrates, because even we here at the Maya Tea Company make our own chai concentrate. So even though I swore for years and years and years I never would do it, Ultimately, I had to because of the convenience factor, which so many of our coffee shops wanted. And so we we did it too. So I do have bitten the bullet. But yes, you are right. If we can get people to a point where they can make their own chai at home and really savor the experience and all of those wonderful deep, rich flavors, this is a, this is a great way to go. But there are some convenient options available. I want to I now segue away from chai a little bit. We've uh, had a, a great conversation about it. But I want to spend a little bit of time talking about your books. You said you have a new book on meditation and tea. Do you have any that you're working on currently? Uh, no, I'm open. You're open? <laughs> if there's a tea-related topic, and there you go. Uh, I do do a lot of writing for uh, tea wholesalers. I do tea tastings and give them my opinion because they know that I will always give them a straight arrow answer if something is good or bad. And uh, I still do some uh, consulting for people who want to open up a, a tea business. So that keeps my finger in the pie, so to speak. And uh, it's fun. And uh, there's a whole generation of new tea writers, and I'm very excited that uh, this audience keeps growing and growing because every time people write about tea, whether it's good or bad, naive or experienced, they are increasing the awareness of tea. I started in 1989 with a newsletter, and hardly anybody knew anything about tea other than the afternoon tea experience. And now people are aware of white tea. 
Yes. Case in white tea and Peru was a rare experience 20 and 25 years ago. Now it's very common. So I, I'm very excited that we have a whole new generation of writers to inform people on blogs and on the Internet. It's a very exciting time for tea. Indeed it is. Now if people wanted to purchase your book or at least look at some place where they could see it, what would be the best place to find it? Amazon.com. Amazon.com. There's got them all. And they have that wonderful feature where you can take a peek and a few others are out there. So enjoy. Read them all. Indeed. Would you like us to give out your email address? Sure. If anybody has a question, they can write to me at Diana L. Rosen at AOL.com. Excellent. And if you have all of you listeners, any ideas about the next book Diana should write about tea, you can send them to her, or you can send them to me. As you know, my email address is steep at mayatea.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at mayatea.com. Or, as always, you can visit us on our website, www.mayatea.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Diana. And uh, I, I look forward to having you on another show shortly. Maybe we'll do a tea and meditation show soon. What do you think? Fantastic. It sounds like a great idea. For those of you who have been with us this week, thank you very much for joining us. Next week, we are going to finish out the year with our top 10 things that you must know about tea. We've done so much preliminary work of laying the foundation of all things tea so you can go out and really savor it. We want to hammer some of those home and give you something to really take with you and feel like, yes, I really know my tea now. So that'll be our top ten list. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, it's been fun steeping around with you. 